Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today in the show, we're going to talk about why we do this this way. <laughs> so you may listen uh, from a distance, or you may be kind of all in in this way of parenting as well, this kind of connected parenting, attachment-based parenting way. Um, either way, it is good to be reminded of why we do that. And we wanted to take some time this summer to walk through uh, some brand new content that we're going to be delivering soon. Um, but before we did that, we wanted to explain kind of the origins, the foundation of connected parenting uh, at its base. And so we'll talk today with Tana Ottinger and with Becca McKay about the origins of this, um, some new curriculum we've got coming for our parenting course, and um, it's exciting stuff, but we want to start today with one of our most foundational principles and explaining why we do this this way. And so uh, without any further ado, here are Becca McKay, Tana Ottinger, and myself talking about why we do this. Well, our show today is brought to you by the good folks at Ryan and Rose. And so if you have uh, been listening for a while, you know that the folks at Ryan and Rose, uh, Lindsay and Brett and family are um, huge supporters of ours. And uh, we love what they do. They they make everything from pacifiers to plastic clips to bottle holders, bags. Uh, basically, if there's a family-centered product you need, they've probably got it. Um, but they are also huge supporters of the work that we're doing here. And so we wanted to um, let you know of a special promo they have given just for listeners of the ETC podcast, and that is ETC20. So if you use code ETC20 at checkout, you can get 20% off of your entire order. So during the summer, if you've got birthday parties to go to, baby showers to go to, if somebody is... Uh, having a baby in your life that you know, or you've just got to find some gifts for somebody, head to ryanandrose.co and you can pick out uh, one of their incredible products. Um, they've been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things. They're in Target. They're, they're all over the place, but huge, huge friends of the program. And so we're really thankful for them. So anything that you need for your family, head over to ryanandrose.co and use ETC20 at checkout for 20% off of your whole order. Well, we've got uh, Becca McKay and Tana Ottinger here, and we wanted to talk uh, today about uh, why we do this this way. <laughs> why do we parent this way? Why have we chosen to um, really stick to as a people like this uh, model of parenting? I was reminded of this as we were, um, guys, I was out of town this past week and talking to some old friends and just even even kind of introducing this idea. It always produces raised eyebrows. It always produces a, oh, okay, well, tell me more about that, Right. And so uh, we thought it would be good to just, as we go into the summer and, and uh, what we're going to talk about today is really helpful um, for establishing the why behind what we do and helping people understand um, where this comes from. And so, um, Tana, why, why don't you kind of start with just explaining um, kind of the overarching view of, of kind of why we do things this way? Why do we do what we do? Um I don't know. I ask myself that all the time. Um, <laughs> why do I do what I do? Um, so for so, those of y'all that have been listening to us for a while, some of this might feel familiar um, and I won't go too, too deep into our history, but as um, there's two things happening, there's sort of the larger organization of Empowered to Connect that has its origin. And then there's Mo and I specifically that sort of our intersection with Empowered to Connect 
So those things kind of converged. We did not, we're not the founders of ETC. Um, we were sort of um, asked to steward Empowered to Connect into the next iteration of the organization's future several years ago, but we've been connected to it for a long time. So, and know Michael and Amy Monroe, the founders, and new Dr. Purvis that helped them sort of start Empowered to Connect as a parenting um application, if you will, of trust-based relational intervention. Yeah. So Dr. Purvis and the team at Karen Purvis Institute of Child Development with Dr. Cross sort of taking all this really good science and all these things that we sort of understand about child development and the, the things that we know that children who've experienced adversity need in order to flourish. And they started sort of making this model, these principles that we could utilize in all sorts of spheres. And we've talked about that on other episodes, but specifically in the home and with parenting, Michael and Amy sort of partnered with Dr. Purvis and started trying to figure out how do we bring this into people's living rooms, to their dining rooms, to their kitchen? How do we put boots on the ground and help parents really sort of take this idea of attachment trust-based parenting and bring it home? So that was our why as an organization many years ago. Mo and I specifically, similarly, when we started hunting for a different way to parent our children, we could find nothing. There was, well, um, uh, let me rephrase that. We could find nothing like this. There were a lot of things. And specifically in the sphere that we were parenting in, There was a certain kind of parenting model that was elevated up as the right way to parent. In our context, it was the biblical way to parent. It was the correct way to parent. And there there was very methodical and in our language now, high, high structure and fairly void, at least how we were interpreting it of nurture. Now, I'm willing to say that we were misapplying it. There was probably a lot going on there. We were young sure. parents. Yeah. Yeah. But back in the day, we the there was no no conversation about adverse childhood experiences. Not that was not a word. I if if you said aces, I would have thought you were talking about a deck of cards. Mm-hmm. Right. So aces wasn't something we were talking about. Trauma, I'm sure there were really smart, important people talking about it, but it had not hit mainline parenting these really beautiful things that have started coming up, conscious parenting, mindful parenting, gentle parenting, connected parenting. These are all fairly new in the grand scheme. Like culturally, these are fairly new moves that have just happened over the last, you know, decade and a half or so. And so we didn't have access to those kind of ideas. There were probably, there were the, uh, maybe the margins there were some people doing it, but they were considered the margins. Yeah. It was not mainstream to parent the way that we are, you know, talking about today. And so anyway, <clears throat> that's that's kind of, you know, the history of us um, finding, if you will, connected parenting. And uh, Becca, you may have something to say about this as well, but it, I, it has been fun for me to see sort of these pockets of different kinds of, of thoughtful, intentional, mindful parenting coming to the forefront because really and truly most of them have a very similar heartbeat 
and and desire, which is to create reflective, loving, conscientious, um, nurturing homes where parents are willing to deal with our crap. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, if we can, not pass it down Mm -hmm. to our children. Like, I do think that's a common thread that's sort of going on in some of those other movements of today. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I think that what I am excited by is these kind of ideas are becoming more mainstream. It is going viral on TikTok and social media and people are talking about it and they're having conversations. And I think for a lot of people, um, just the awareness, just the conversation being accessible, people Mm -hmm. being willing to own that it's not easy to parent this way. But if we're being honest, it's not easy to parent anyway. (laughs) And so I think, (laughs) you know, it's kind of like pick your, so I think it's, it's a, it's a mindset, it's a mindset and it's a heart. And so I'm excited that there's so many different ways. And I just encourage parents who are listening to this podcast who are like, well, are you guys gentle or connected or whatever? We are for all the things that promote relational health, connection, emotional presence, felt safety. Um, I think what sets us apart is that decade and a half of research and on the boots and trying it out and living it out day to day, not as, you know, the three of us on this podcast, but as a movement empowered to connect has touched so many lives and we've seen it work. And when we say work, we mean we've seen families thrive. We've seen relationships that may have been otherwise broken or disconnected be connected. And so I just think for anybody who's out there looking for a way We are for find the different ways, listen to the people that make sense to you, um, read the books that are accessible to you. Different cultures approach this idea different ways. Some have been doing it forever, for generations, for hundreds of years. For our context, where we are coming from, it's often a flip. It's a mindset shift. Some of you guys listening may be like, this isn't a mindset shift. This is how my great grandma parented her, you know, her kids. And it's been on and on and on. So I just think it's exciting that it's becoming mainstream, much in the same way that trauma informed is becoming mainstream. I think the more that we understand human connection, the power of healing that happens in in relationships from beginning to end, just the the better people that we're going to be, the better parents we're going to be, the better spouses that we're going to be, the better coworkers that we're going to be, just the more that we, that we have it at the forefront. So I'm excited. Just like you said, Tana, I'm excited that it's becoming more and more popular. Well, and I, just for us, as I was sharing with friends this past week, like it's parenting's not easy, hard stop no matter what you do, like if you are trying at all, parenting's not easy. And so I think the thing that, um, you know, sold us on parenting this way, so to speak, was that it didn't make anything easier, but we had answers. And then slowly as we began implementing some of this stuff, we began to have some peace that we did not have before in our house. And so I think for, um, you know, as we've been in it now, seven, eight years parenting this way, like there's this feeling of like, we can exhale some, like, and when conflict goes up, there's a roadmap we have for how to kind of restore and how to repair those connections. And like, uh, it's just helped me, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I'm able to just like, I'm able to consider my own history and how it's going to affect this. And so then when there are things that come up, I can go, Ooh, man, that, that was a big reaction. Why was that? And then I can go back and process my own stuff. So it's helping me heal on top of helping me not pull that into the next generation of um, our kids' stories. You know, J.D., even you saying that, it makes me think about how 
this kind of, we'll say parenting, but really sort of like this way of being together. Um, we initially went towards um, attachment-based connected parenting because we had kiddos in our home who had experienced significant loss and adversity. And it didn't take us long to realize that, oh my goodness, this is just like kind human interaction. Like this is what it means to like look at other people's behaviors with like a lens of understanding and empathy and compassion. And then actually like some strategies on how to respond and how to support them. That was sort of our first, like, okay, I see what's going on here. And then it didn't take us long to sort of say, oh, and I can think about myself that way too. That's right. Yeah. I have things going on inside of me that are causing me to see the world a certain way or to view my children a certain way or to respond a certain way or to feel a certain way. So as I was like, my eyes were, I really felt like being open to this whole other way of seeing people. It simultaneously gave me like a whole other way to see myself. I love that. And it changed everything. It changed everything. It changes the goal. Like when the goal of relationships is for somebody to act the way that I want them to versus the goal is to have a healthy relationship, a connected relationship. It just changes everything. So I'm just like listening to you talk thinking, man, the end game changed. So it's like whenever you approach relationships and the goal is how can we work through the weeds and connect? And that's true in parenting, but it's true in any relationship. And so I think I wanted to say it's a more intentional way of parenting. And then I had to stop myself because I'm thinking, well, I know a lot of people who intend to enforce consequences to get obedience. And so I can't say that it's more intentional because that way of parenting can be very intentional. It was for us. Yes. We were like, and we doubled down on it. We were so intentional on it. That's a really thoughtful insight, Becca. So I wanted to say this is intentional, but our intention is different. So it's the intention is not to get this person in front of me, in our case, children, to do what I want them to do. The intention is I want to build a safe, loving relationship because I believe that in this safe, loving relationship, they're going to learn how to navigate the world around them as adults, Mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for them. Different kids are going to relate to the world in different ways based on what they have going on, just like any adult. And so it just, yeah, I, I wanted to say it's more intentional. It's not more intentional, but the intention is different. Well, that's like a major, like, uh, my mind's kind of blown right now, Becca. That's so insightful. It's so, so true. I can promise you with the level of intensity that we are currently doing connected parenting, every bit of that same level of intensity was applied to a higher structure, like more compliant sort of parenting modality of do this because I said so with a happy heart right now. Like I was, you bet I was intent on that. Now, what I began to realize, again, sometimes that works for some kids in some ways on the surface. Yeah. But because we had kiddos that needed, just desperately needed us to understand some of their really confusing reactions to that kind of parenting, we just began to go, oh, 
I see this is good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like, so <laughs> that's our why. Our why is because relationships really are like the foundation of well-being. Yeah. And you can be in a relationship with your children. Mm-hmm. Now it's a parent-child relationship, but it can be a safe place for your children to land mm-hmm. that that holds structure and boundary, but with so much loving care and nurture and and respect. Yeah. Like what I heard you say, Becca, made me think of the word respect. Mm-hmm. I love that, Donna. Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. ask you a question, which is uh, uh, something that we talked about maybe two, three years ago. I remember the day that you said, I don't know if we, um, you and Mo had just been entrusted with Empowered to Connect. And because everything is becoming more mainstream and like mindful parenting's out there, connected parenting, gentle parenting, you and I had yeah. an honest conversation, which was, does the Connect course that we've been doing for a long time, does it need to continue? Is it worthwhile? Yeah. Um, and I would love to hear you tell tell the listeners kind of like how you came to your conclusion, because I think it's really insightful. Yeah. So for those that may not know, we shared a little bit about the history. So what mm-hmm. happened all the years ago when Dr. Purvis and Michael and Amy Monroe were trying to figure out how to sort of get this kind of idea into families' homes, they wrote a nine-week parenting course, and it was train. It, it's it was disseminated through trainers. Mm-hmm. So there would be a trainer in your community that would hold a course and teach the class to participants, which is how Mark and I found it. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, traveled to Texas, where I'm originally from, from Memphis, became trainers of the Empowered to Connect Connect course brought it back to Memphis and started teaching it and have taught it. Now we have a team of people, but it's been going on 10 years or so in, in Memphis. Yeah. And we would teach it around town, maybe through different churches or different organizations. Now we would teach it through Memphis Family Connection Center. But it has, I mean, it was absolutely transformative to us. And in our own experience, transformative. And Empowered to Connect does have trainers across the U.S., and some internationally that still teach that course. Yeah. So if you're curious, you can go on our website and look at our map and see if there's a course near you. So that's that nine-week course. So to your question, Becca, when we were given Empowered to Connect as an organization, we wanted to, like, it's really important for us, just from a leadership perspective and philosophically, to spend our time and energy on places where there's a need. Yeah. And so we didn't want to make assumptions. Like we, we were able to stand back and look at the, um, the, the landscape and say, there is so much good happening. There are people, like you said, people on TikTok. There was no TikTok when I was looking for parenting help, by the way, there was no Facebook or Instagram. (laughs) How about that for dating myself? There was no (laughs) social media platform. There was the Google and books that you had to open (laughs) from pages to consume information. But anyway, there's so much good. Mm -hmm. So are we, A, are we needed in this space? If we find we're needed, are we needed in the same way or in new ways? Mm -hmm. And has there been like, I, I love like collective ingenuity. I love like, I think in another world, I would want to be a sociologist, yeah. like stepping back and seeing like, 
societal change and community right. change and innovation and how we inspire one another and how ideas take root and spring up new ideas. So I feel just like I've been a tiny little bitty, like up on a little perch watching the landscape shift and change in massive ways. Yeah. So yeah. was Empowered to Connect needed? Was this course needed? I don't know. So we started doing a needs-based assessment and some research. That was what we knew to do. So we had the wonderful Dr. Nicole West, who maybe y'all heard on other episodes, was doing a practicum and intern work with us at Memphis Family Connection Center. And she and I and a few other colleagues just got after researching it and asking good questions. And what we found, there were a few through lines, but what we ultimately found as we were reaching out to the people teaching the course still across the U.S. and Canada and a few other places, Mexico and a couple international. South Africa. Um, Shout out yeah, to South Africa. That's right. Um, is that we just gathered them and asked them questions. Hey, guys. Do you all still feel like this is relevant? You know other stuff out there. Could it replace what you're doing? How does it need to change? How does it need to be updated? How does it need to be more user-friendly after we answered if it was even still needed? Nine times out of, no, 10 times out of 10, I'm going to be more transparent and honest than that, that the common thread was this particular class takes the ideals the philosophy, the heart, and the desire, and helps us figure out how to implement them in our families. So it takes something like felt safety, which we all would love our children to feel emotionally safe in our presence, to feel emotionally safe in our home, to be able to express themselves with who they are, to be able to live into the fullness of who they are without feeling worried or fearful. That's a beautiful idea. Yes. in the world right are you supposed to behave as a parent to help your child feel safe i what that is a <laughs> massive idea yeah and and really important to think about and how do you do it so what set us apart were the tools and strategies that were woven beautifully not by myself but through people that have gone before us as an organization woven beautifully throughout that curriculum so in the in, the, in that first iteration, the Connect course, we had what we called parenting tools. And it was, it was how to take principles and ideas and do them in your home. Now, before we go any further and talking about sort of some of the changes, Becca, you hinted on it, and I want to make sure we say it very explicitly. Every single family is so unique and different. Mm-hmm. Every family culture, every contextualized community culture Every, every child, every parent, every experience is so unique that one of our priorities is giving ideas and strategies that need to be personalized and implemented in your own relational context. Not these like dogmatic, do this this way, which is what I was coming from, by the way. I was coming from a very structured A plus B equals C. And we're saying, hey, guys, we want this way of interacting and being as a family. There are some like things we know from child development and from science and research and human, human interaction and our nervous system and our brain. Science has told us a lot in the last year. And we can bring all that like 
understanding of the body and the nervous system and the brain and stress responses and how we react. And we can bring that into our parenting and we can practice certain things with our children and individualize them. So we want to individualize the way that we approach, you know, parenting, but we can still have some ideas of how to make that happen. So that got us to, do we need this course? If so, how do we move forward? It was surely time for an update. Um, so Becca, do you want to say how that first, um, that first phone call between you and I went? <laughs> oh, the first phone call was, I think, hey, we need to re we need to bring this curriculum up to the modern age. We need it to be more deliverable. It was uh fill in the blank, uh binders, notebooks, printables, just printing out tons of stuff. Technology has changed. And also, I think we can say this, Michael, Amy, and um Dr. Purvis were before their time. So I think yeah. over the the years, really what happened is that the research caught up to them and Rose and Dr. Purvis. And so we wanted to like tell the world, hey, this thing that we've been saying because we saw it to be true in actual living rooms, dining rooms, backyards is also backed up by all this good research that's come forward. And so we started and um, it was a really scary, the first steps were really scary, Tana, because we didn't want to lose any of the power that the Connect course has had over the last however many years. And so it was a little bit of like a tiptoeing towards some changes because our heart is we don't want to lose anything that has been valuable for real families in the thick of it. And so as we tiptoed our way, um, what that looks like, you know, for my personality is like a million tabs on a Google sheet with all of the different stuff that is in the current Connect course all of the current research on attachment trauma-informed parenting that we could get our hands on, all of the research on authoritative parenting that we could get our hands on, some things that we wanted to see that kind of mirrored with connected parenting and gentle parenting. And we were like, oh, if it's resonating with them and us and so-and-so. And so it was just a massive um, Google sheet of all the things and we came up with this idea of we think it will be helpful for parents to have some connecting practices. And um, something that we ran into early on was, man, it's hard because a lot of these are mindsets. So that's yeah. great. And that's important. And you can't move forward without a mindset like we just talked about. But what can they do? Like, what can they actually do in their homes? And I'll tell you, I think we started with 47 connecting <laughs> practices. We did. I we believe. did. And I thought, oh, well, that's, you know, y'all, I'm so extra. I was <laughs> like, 47 seems just fine to <laughs> me. And Becca was like, um, I don't think 47 is acceptable, Donna. I was like, oh, you think that might be a little extra? It might oh, be a little. It. it might be a little tricky for people oh, to remember them because it's just such good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we, we started laugh. with these are the forty-seven things that we think you should do, um, and we really spent time looking at them. And at one day, I mean, Tana and I love sticky notes. That's how we do our best work is when we can put stuff on sticky notes. So we had just like a bazillion sticky notes with all of our forty-seven great ideas, and we tried to find categories. We tried to find groupings. We tried to find okay, but what are these really? what are these really saying? And the heart behind connecting practices is 
yes, it's great to sit here and say, we want felt safety in relationships. You already said this, Tana. But when I'm at the dining room, my kid won't eat the food that I made them. What am I supposed to do right then, though? And so we wanted um, some accessible, bite-sized couple of word phrases that could really serve as reminders, reminders for us of how do we do this thing that we're setting out to do, this big almost unattainable goal. How do we take steps towards it? And so we came up with nine. We came up with nine connecting practices that are kind of a summary, reminders, hopefully accessible, easily understandable, and truly, um, you know, (laughs) we could have 47. So, I mean, it's not, you know, this is not to say these are the only things that you should ever do. It really Mm -hmm. is just us sitting there going, But what do we think is the most important? You cannot even continue to take steps on this journey without it. And then for yeah. each of the nine, we came up with three main ideas that we that we unpack in our course, just because you'll you'll hear them in a second. And there's many, you know, many directions you could go. There's so much you could unpack with each connecting practice. And again, our desire is that parents who go through our course that we're developing parents who listen to this podcast really walk away with some like, what do I do? What am I supposed to, (laughs) okay, it's car line and I'm picking up my kid and transitions are tricky. And you told me transitions are tricky, but now what am I supposed to do in this moment? So that's that's kind of the, that's kind of the why in the heart. Did I miss anything, Tana? No, I would just say what's super exciting for us and um, what we're about to run through the nine connecting practices and the core components. But then this is kicking off. Um, a podcast series where we're going to dive into each connecting practice one episode at a time and talk to other people about how they're implementing them in their families and in their homes. And so if you are a podcast listener, you're going to have sort of the overarching ideas of each one of those and some really practical um, ideas from other people who are parenting that are just like us in the throes of it all. And so um, while our flagship The thing that sort of holds all of our golden nuggets is Cultivate Connection, which is the rewrite of our parenting course. Um, And we're right now retraining our current trainers to become Cultivate Connection facilitators. And then we'll be opening up facilitator training in the future for new people that want to bring that course to your community. So more on that soon. Um, But I don't want you as listeners to think that you don't sort of get the goodness of these connecting practices. We're going to lay them out pretty um, systematically over the upcoming episodes. And then as we start using that language on social media and, you know, on our YouTube channel and here on the podcast, you'll sort of have hooks for, oh, that's that connecting practice they talk about. And that's what they mean by that. So don't miss any of this, you know, the next nine episodes after this. So you can have the structure and the framework of our connecting practices. And we really, um, you know, we, they've been helpful for me so far. It feels like it's a good, really thoughtful way to organize all of this really, really good information. So Becca, do you want to kick us off and talk about the first one real quick? And we'll just kind of jump through them all and give you guys a quick little summary. Yeah. Our first connecting practice is be curious. It is the one that we left to kind of hold the mindset piece because as, you know, as we said, to be on this connected parenting journey, you have to be mindful of how you were parented Um, how your child was parented if they were um, not with you from the beginning. You've got to be mindful of what you both bring to the table. 
You've also got to be mindful of attachment. Attachment styles are incredibly important as we think about this. And then being mindful of why. Why um, is the is the kid in front of me behaving that way? Also, why am I behaving the way that I behave? Right. So just really, uh, we, we posted a behavior iceberg last week, which is kind of our like, how, how do we look below the surface of what's going on to be mindful of the why? That's our first practice. And then our second one is to balance nurture and structure. We've talked about that a lot in the past on the podcast here and there because it really is um, a a massive um, filter, if you will, for sort of how we do everything. So we're thinking about um, the importance of balancing nurture and structure in parenting. So we want to nurture our children, but we also want to set loving limits while supporting their whole child. So one of the things we talk about is nurture cultivates trust and felt safety and structure cultivates growth. So our children need us to both be nurturing and structured hand in hand in order for them to continue to to grow and to grow into secure attachment and well-being. And then so the two core, the three core components use nurture to cultivate trust, use structure to cultivate growth. And then the importance of using routines and rituals in our family to sort of create that felt safety um, and create the structure and nurture. Mm-hmm. So be curious and balance nurture and structure. And then our third connecting practice is meet needs. Um, when you learn about secure attachment, you learn that the cycle is completed when the need is met or not met. And that cycle is either going to lead to insecure or secure attachment styles. So... We um, broke it down into meeting emotional needs, physical needs, and sensory processing needs. There are many more needs than that, but those are the main ones that we thought um, we wanted to highlight and just really talk about the importance of. And when we can meet those needs, we're able to create patterns over time that tell our kids, your voice matters. You can communicate with me. You can get your needs met in safe, healthy, loving relationships. All right. And then our next one is use scaffolding. And for some of you guys, that might be a new word. So it's this idea of how do you support children with the, um, the specific amount of support they need in any given moment in order to build skill development and growth. So we use the example a lot around like you couldn't have a child just immediately start riding a bicycle there are steps to supporting a child from needing to be on a tricycle to riding a two-wheel bicycle. So what does it mean as parents and caregivers to support our children incremental? Oh gosh, y'all, where's that word? Incrementally. You got it. Woo! <laughs> My mouth wasn't saying that today. It's that word right there in order to help them grow. Um, and so we want to think about scaffolding by setting the appropriate expectations what can my kid do today? What do I really wish they could do tomorrow? And how do I support them through supporting skill building? How can I think about their growth in a thoughtful, methodical way while respecting child development, their skills and ability, their personality, their limitations, like taking the whole child into account? So how do I set those appropriate expectations build those skills And then this idea of practicing outside the moment so that when we're not necessarily in the moment of stress and we support our child outside a moment of stress to give them the tools and strategies they need 
inside a moment of stress. So using scaffolding is an incredibly insightful, really helpful, tangible way that if we can flip that switch and start asking some really important questions, it can help us understand how to meet needs, like Becca said, in the moment and help our children grow, which we want and we do believe. We want resilient, strong, capable children. We want to help them become the very best version of themselves while respecting who they are today. And we, y'all know as parents, I can say that really quickly. And that is incredibly difficult to do. Oh gosh, It's really, really, really hard to know what do our kids need and how much do we push? How much of a loving limit do we set? How do we, you know, that whole idea of even balancing nurture and structure through scaffolding. Absolutely. It's a big one. Oh, it's huge. I, as we come to each one of these, I want to say, and this is the heart of what we believe. And then I, have, I would have to say it for all nine. This one, so, all of them. It's a nine-part so heart. Yeah. The nine part, our heart has so but, many parts. But here's it. the thing, Becca, we're not saying that about 47. We're that's just true. saying it about nine. That's, that's true. See, look at us. That's look at us. All right. Oh, man. Look next at us up. growing along the way. So our next one, I'm our connecting practice number five is to take play seriously. If you have been around long, you already know that we care so much about play because play is so important to child development um, and to healthy child relationships, child adult relationships, child child relationships. So when we can take it seriously, we are going to play to connect. Um, we are going to play to cultivate growth and we're going to play to redirect. Well, and I think just to cut in for a second, we, we talked, uh, or we posted the other day on Instagram, depending on when you're reading this, you might have to look back or hearing this, you might have to look back a little bit, but, um, the Lawrence Cohen quote that we all just are obsessed with, but children don't say, I had a hard day. Can we talk? They say, will you play with me? Mm-hmm. And that, uh, has been one of the greatest reminders, one of the greatest things for, for me as a parent in those moments where, and I, y'all, just confession, I hate the trampoline. I hate jumping on the trampoline with my whole entire heart. And um, and I'm getting old, so I feel like all creaky when I'm jumping on it right now. I feel like, oh, I can't do stuff like I used to do on here. And I have one in particular who wants me to jump on the trampoline with them all the time. And it takes every fiber of my being to like remind myself of this quote and remember like, I need to, it gives a serious deal to go and like engage her and jump on the trampoline and just having fun, um, for a few minutes, because that is going to then like build that connection between us so that later on when we've got to redirect that connection's there and it's, it's an easier turn than it would be if it was, no, come on, I'm not going to do that. I've got work to do or I've got whatever. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that Lawrence Cohen quote is a is a great one. And it's about making a culture of play in your family. So it's yeah. just about creating and, and um, listen to our podcast, our other podcasts on play. If you're somebody who's like, play with my kids. Are you kidding me? Because there's many different ways it can look depending on your personality, your kid's personality and your family. But that's our fifth connecting practice. Then um, our next one is to be present. Um Y'all know this is one of our favorite ones. So what does it mean to be present? And that really is the heart behind connected parenting and even gentle parenting, mindful parenting, conscientious parenting is this idea of not just being physically present, although that's really important to give our full attention to our children. But then what does it mean to be emotionally present and attuned and that emotionally at present and attunement both to them and to ourselves. 
So asking all those really important questions about what am I feeling? What are they feeling? What do we need in this moment? And sort of how do we move forward together to build that? And um, and we, we unpack that with lots of really thoughtful ideas and strategies and um, and sort of ways to slow down and be present with ourselves so that we can be present with our kids. So be present physically, emotionally, and be attuned. Our next one is to respond thoughtfully. So all of these other ones kind of may seem a little bit more proactive, but okay, guys, what am I supposed to do when the wheels fall (laughs) off the bus, the train is off the tracks, (laughs) we are not where we should be, this is not okay. Um, We want to respond thoughtfully. And so our three core components are practice the pause, which is taking just that second, just that brief second to make sure that you're okay and in a good place to respond Lots of times we end up reacting. That's just the reality. Even those of us who are trying to do things in a more connected relational way, we're still going to find ourselves reacting. But the more we can practice the pause, we give ourselves that little minute to be, to make a thoughtful choice about what to do next. Then we want to use communication thoughtfully. Communication is not just what we say. It's how we say it. It's how our face looks while we're saying it. It's how our body looks while we're saying it. It's where we are in the room when we're saying it. So we want to do all of those things thoughtfully. And then we want to use the appropriate redirection. Um, you know, for, for some of us, we tend to redirect. We tend to overcorrect. We tend to go a little bit big. For some of us, our tendency is to undercorrect. We tend to let things go until the train is way off the tracks, not just a little bit. So we want to um, challenge ourselves to choose the appropriate redirection as we respond thoughtfully. And it's going to cultivate connection, contentment, and change and empower the kid, just like Tana said, to learn and grow over time. Our next one is give voice, which um, holds some really important ideas about sharing power, offering choices and offering compromises, a child knowing and given, being given the opportunity within your family to use their voice. So knowing how and getting to practice, having self-agency, having an opinion, being able to advocate for themselves, asking for a compromise with respect. I mean, oftentimes behavioral outbursts and meltdowns are coming from a kiddo that does not either think they can use their voice so they have to use their behavior or they don't know how to use their voice. And so this, these very practical ideas of how to share power and allow your child to have a voice and choice with some structure and nurture yeah. in your family sets them up to have really wonderful negotiating skills and be, um, you know, really wonderful at advocating for themselves as a grown up. So these are building lifelong skills in your family for your child to know how to advocate for themselves. And it really can turn the tide on behavior, Um, but you scaffold it. So again, it's complicated and layered, but yeah, JD, did you have a thought there? Yeah. I was just saying like, think about how, how beneficial independence is uh, when you have confidence Mm -hmm. to be on your own. Right. And that like, you know, if, if the, you know, if, if a goal of parenting is so that, um, whatever level of independence your kids can enjoy one day, they're able to navigate that well. So much of that is done in confidence if they've got the skills they need to be able to get out there and and take care of themselves. And that that compromising, negotiating skill 
you think about just in one single day, how many times you use that skill throughout the course of the day. And if you're confident to do that, you just pop through like there's nothing going on. If that causes you to shut down, like it feels impossible um, to do that. And so I just think it's a, you know, like, like I said, that's really one of the important ones. <laughs> See, that's ones. the most important one. That's the most important I know. one. They're um, all golden. They yeah. all layer and work together. Yeah. I mean, if we can like let folks behind the curtain just a smidge, today we, the three of us, negotiated the <laughs> amount of time that we had. Yeah. And we've had to, you know, negotiate and renegotiate and figure out what we all have going on. And this conversation is super important. And so how much time can we give it? Um, and so that is, you know, just like you said, JD, it just happens all the time if you just pause and notice it. And the more you practice it in your family, the more it's going to become comfortable and just the culture again of how you do things. Our last connecting practice is really three in one to three for one. So we started with 47. One of them had to be, one of them had to hold a few ideas. Um, and that is to repair, reflect, and readjust. And I jokingly say three for one, but it really is kind of a fluid motion. Sometimes things are going to go sideways. Sometimes there's going to be disconnection. There's going to be discontentment. And in that moment, we are, as the adult, going to initiate repair, which is a really humbling thing to do. It can be really counterintuitive. And so rather than putting the, um, ooh, I'm, I'm going to get the wrong word here, impetus. Is that the right word? Putting the impetus on the kid. Yeah. We really want to take it on ourselves. Yeah, and we really want good. to model for them in our family, when we make mistakes, when we are disconnected, we're going to move towards you. We're going to initiate repair. We are going to renew that connection so that we can continue to foster emotional felt safety. And then we're going to reflect and we're going to decide, do we need to readjust maybe expectations or supports? Maybe the expectations can be changed. And maybe, as you guys know, sometimes they can't. Um, And so sometimes we need to readjust the support that we're providing to our kiddo. So really this comes back to that idea of scaffolding. Sometimes um, the demands of the moment are big. And so we need to step up and we need to give our kid the right support for that moment before next time. So it kind of comes full circle and we're back to the beginning and we're being curious. They don't go in order. You use them all together all the time, but as you continue to use these nine practices, we hope um, that you'll be able to just foster, just like you said, Tana, that felt safety, that trust. And even when there's disconnection, we are a family that reconnects with each other. We pursue each other in relationship. I mean, the reality is it's so messy, right? Just relationships Mm. and parenting and all of it is just messy, messy, messy. So the reason I love these connecting practices is because it just gives us some hooks, some things that we can have in the back of our mind as we are navigating situations and attempting to be present um, and parenting our kids. So mm-hmm. some some good little structure to sort of hook onto. So as we're looking at the upcoming episodes, like we went through those so fast, but we will take one connecting practice per episode and just give a few highlights and nuggets about that connecting practice, and then talk about the implementation of it in, in real practical terms. So I do hope that you guys all like follow through that whole series. And I think you'll land on the other side of that and feel really empowered to maybe change your mind about some things. Maybe you're going to see something yourself or your children or your family or your parenting partner, or your spouse in a new way, other people you work with, other contacts, like how can I change 
the way that I think about this situation, the way I think about what's going on. And then how can that change in thinking actually change my actions so that I'm doing something differently? Um, We want to change our minds and our opinions about things and then follow through with our actual uh, behavior. So I'm excited to share those with y'all. Well, so just in a kind of insider advantage, just make sure that you listen to all nine of them because they're all nine really important. They're all the heart. Um, <laughs> as we come up, uh, seriously, I will say this, like if if you are in this place of just getting going, I, I cannot stress how important the repetition of material is for you. Um, part of the reason that I was so eager to host the podcast when we first started talking about this almost two years ago was that I just needed the reminder every week. <laughs> like it's a totally selfish motive on my part to be reminded of the content every single week because it does then help me be a better parent and a better husband, friend, all that um, when I leave. So guys, thank y'all. Um, and yeah, looking forward to these next nine episodes. Well, that's it for today. We are going to talk more about all these connecting practices as we go. Um, Throughout the summer, we're going to roll out all of the different connecting practices that we've got in our new curriculum. Um, And we're just really excited to be able to share those with you. And so I hope that today was helpful for you and that um, you're able to get something from it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with more connecting practices. So for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the ETC podcast, and for everybody here at Empowered to Connect, I'm J.D. Wilson, and we'll see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.